Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol-related podcast where each episode we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team of all time, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hey everyone, I'm Paul and you can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks, H-I-X, and you can find us on waitingfordoom.com, our website, and there's also waitingfordoom at gmail.com if you want to send emails, even though it says Gmail, we accept emails. um, And we're on Facebook and every single one of our episodes is available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify and podbean.com. Sure is, yes, hello, I'm Mike, you can find me on Twitter at AvantGarb, you can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, that's Wilfred, he's at WFDPodGit. Hey, Wilfred. Hello, and joining us this week, a special international guest who's going to talk some Doom Patrol goodness with us, it's Craig McDonald. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. You're a big Doom Patrol fan. Uh, You're a really I am, big... yeah. I got into it kind of by accident. When I was a kid, they had, uh, during the Paul Kupperberg run, they used to have a store that used to sell bags of comic books. Oh. And you would get, say, 10 comics for $2 in a bag. And uh, wow. a lot of these comics were ones that were out of print or hadn't really been uh, available around here. But I found a couple issues of the uh, Coverberg run of Doom Patrol. I think it was issue number 8 and issue number 17. Okay. And then when I moved to the city a few years later, I started reading with the Keith Giffen run. And that's and I went back from there to get into the Grant Morrison and all the Honorable Drake stuff. Well, that's a fine way to do it. Um, mm. And we've seen your stuff on uh, Twitter. You own a lot of cool Doom Patrol shelf um, porn and uh, bits and pieces, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, I've got pretty much all the Doom Patrol trades, uh, and I've got a few action figures here of uh, the original trio, Larry and Rita and Cliff, and I've got one little mental figure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I've uh, got the Blu-ray of the first season of Doom Patrol, the TV series, so... Uh, it's not really an obsession, I suppose, but uh, it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, we may as well talk about what we've all been doing this week in comics and stuff and things and fun. So, uh, Mike, what have you been up to? I've actually taken a leaf out of your book, Paul, and I've started borrowing comics from the library. Oh, wow. Not, not that you've done it for a while, but it's, it's something I finally checked out and, and started doing so i read the, the first trade of super sons uh volume one of sideways uh part one of doom clock uh doom clock excuse me doomsday clock <laughs> um, <laughs> uh volume one of justice league dark uh so they were all uh, pretty good fun oh batman universe that was so much fun that was a, it's a not good, yeah. great read, yeah. Uh, the first four trades of Paper Girls, because I was getting that in single issues, uh, but I, I missed a bit here and there, and the library had all four of them, so I said, hey, why the hell not? So, And that was great fun. I love, I love Cliff Chang's art on that. Uh, and uh, just for something different from my own collection, I uh, finally got round to reading Justice League America Annual Number 6, uh, which is part of the Eclipso Darkness Within crossover. So um, that was that was fun watching Blue Beetle, you know, running away from um, Eclipso for the majority of that annual. So um, mm. yeah, that's that's 
that's been the majority of my readings at the moment. So, um, yeah, what, what about you, Paul? What have, what have you been catching up on? Um, I finally cracked open the uh, Green Lantern Silver Age Omnibus, which is Ooh, some, wow. some Silver Age goodness. And uh, I've, I've had that on my shelf for about two years, and it's um, daunting, to say the least. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it's actually gifted me by um, Rifty because he's... Uh, he and his wife ordered the same book twice, and then uh, oh. discovered to ship it. Ship it back would cost like eighty dollars Australian. And oh my decided, gosh! <laughs> we'll just hang on to two copies. So um, yeah, I got one of them. So uh, yeah, that's um, lots of fun stuff. Yeah, Hal Jordan's a dick. That's just my takeaway. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Welcome to the club. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, and what about you, Craig? What have you been up to reading, doing? Well, in terms of Doom Patrol related, I've seen the first four episodes of the of season two now, and because of that, there's like I said, there are some um, Grant Morrison era characters brought into the mix for the first time. Uh, so I've last night I reread volumes one and two of the Grant Morrison trades. So that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of days, just nice. doing a little bit of research back on the show, just to catch up because it's been a while since I've read the uh, the early issues of Morrison. Uh, and it, it it starts out almost like a fairly normal superhero comic, and then it just kind of spirals and spirals into the really weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last issue I ended off on was uh, when the the brain took over the new body that Caller had built for uh, Robot Man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So uh, it ends with a kiss that uh, mm. you know ends with a bang, sort of, so to speak. It's an explosive kiss, literally. Yeah. 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 Uh, that will actually tie into the News Patrol, actually, later on when we get into that. Speaking of which, let's um, talk about News Patrol, so uh, take it away. And I'm not doing it today. We've got Craig, because he knows more about Doom Patrol news than either of us. <laughs> Craig well, always seems uh, to beat us to the punch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm on a different time zone, so I, I kind of get the news a bit earlier than you guys, I guess. True. Yeah, Yeah. we we wake up to your news from for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the big news for this month, for July, um, there's a DC Cybernetic Summer number 1, which arrives on July 28th. It's an 80-page prestige format one-shot uh, on sale at comic retailers and participating online retailers. It's a collection of short stories featuring robotic or cybernetic characters in DC Comics. And one of those short stories features uh, Robot Man in a story called The Summer, Bl- Summer Blues by Max Bemis, who's the writer, and Greg Smallwood, who's the artist. And there's a story by Steve Orlando and Paul Pellisher in which the brain and Monsieur Mala battle it out with Apollo and Midnighter from The Authority. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, Pre-ordered that one already. Yeah. And, of course, uh, the Doom Patrol Weight of the World's trade paperback right now is solicited for September 22nd. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that goes because, again, still waiting for issue number seven to drop, I think, next week. Yes. Yeah. And... uh, Regards to the television show, the Doom Patrol television show, because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, production was shut down about two days before they were scheduled to be finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still getting nine episodes this season, as opposed to thirteen last year. Okay. 
Uh, four of them have aired right now in Canada and the U.S. Uh, and we have titles for the next, well, for episode, episodes five through eight. No title yet for episode nine. Oh. But episode five, which will air on July 9th in North America, is uh, called Finger Patrol, written by Chris Dingus and Shoshana Sachi, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, episode six is Space Patrol, written by Neil Reynolds. Episode seven is Dumb Patrol by Tamara Becker Wilkinson and Eric Dieter. And episode eight is Dad Patrol. Uh, no writer listed for that one, unfortunately. Hmm. But uh, episode nine, which will be the last of season two, will air on August 6th. Um, and like I said, they've finished production, or they, they were their production was interrupted by COVID by uh, about two days, maybe three days, mm-hmm. before they had actually finished uh, what they were scheduled to shoot, I guess. So I'll be very curious to see how the season ends. Might be a cliffhanger there, guys. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure. Mm-hmm. So, so how have you been enjoying it so far? It's been really good. It's, it, it's a bit slow compared to the first season. It, it, uh, the... Absence of Mr. Nobody is kind of noticed, okay. but it does allow the members of the Doom Patrol to, to take the spotlight a bit more uh, in terms of the story, because in the first season, he was the narrator, and a lot of it was built around his perspective, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and this year, it's more based around Dorothy Spinner and her imaginary friends and her relationship with Niles Calder. So uh, it's a little bit different in terms of the tone. It's not quite as wacky. But there are some pretty cool uh, classic Doom Patrol villains introduced. Mr. Uh, Dr. Time is in episode two. Red Jack is in episode three. Oh. And the Shadowy Mr. Evans and the Sex Men are introduced in episode four. Mm. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, very cool callbacks in, in the first four episodes, at least. Oh, Excellent. I wonder if we've got any Doom Patrol bingo markoffs for the, <laughs> we'll uh, the, check. the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard because we haven't seen it. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Space Patrol might possibly introduce Gargawax. That would be something cool to that see. Right. That's what I was. We got do. Red Jack. We have Red Jack on Doom Patrol Bingo Card Five. Okay. So this was done last year, but on season one, so we weren't uh, exploiting knowledge of the show. Right. Uh, leading up to it. Uh, um, have there been any anti-Doom Patrol protesters? Uh, not so far. I haven't seen any, no. Okay. Uh, we haven't had a Pelican, Doc Magnus, no. <laughs> uh, General Zal. Have we had a giant monitor? I don't think so, no. <laughs> We're doing very well. Um, yeah, I guess, no, we haven't had Garguax, we haven't had Harry Christmas, sexually remainded spirits, any of them? Uh, yes, actually. Ooh. Really? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, in Big and Rita, did that happen? No, she. Um, not to spoil it for anyone, but she she's been trying to in Big and, but she hasn't been able to to yet. Okay. Uh, the Pentagon. Uh, no. Uh, the Candlemaker. Yes, you do see glimpses of him at times. Yes. Ooh. Okay. We've got yeah. we've got three marked off. Um. <laughs> all right. I think that I think I'll, uh, the think tank is the think tank appeared yet. Uh, no. Okay. And no Muncia Mala. No Muncia Mala. No brain. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that might have shown up that uh, uh <laughs> Flux Mentalo was returned. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. And 
there's a hint <laughs> of Danny the Ambulance. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. So that's three we're going to mark off on the, the list. So that's good for now. So if you want to see that, uh, head over to waitingfordoom.com. It's under Doom Patrol. But, I mean, is that all for the news at the moment, Craig? That's it for the news right now, yeah. Oh, well, I wonder what that ticking is, because it was getting annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you know that that ticking means it is time for the Doom Clock. So let's get to it. What? Yes, I know. <laughs> Shocking. After all these years and all these episodes, it still surprises you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been 28 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, guys. That was issue 6 of Doom Patrol, Way to the Worlds, which we discussed in episode 155 from December of 2019. God, that seems so long ago. It's, <laughs> wow. it's now at the start of July. Um, so yes. But yes, uh, apparently, unless some information has changed in the last couple of hours... Uh, issue 7, the final issue of Weight of the World, should be out on the shelves and available on July 7th of 2020, which is this coming week. Huzzah! Excellent, excellent timing and about bloody time. Um, so, yeah, and as, <laughs> and as Craig mentioned, uh, yeah, the, the trade should be out. In, well, yeah, it was in September 22nd, I'm pretty sure, Craig, but it's possibly moved again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so. Possibly, yeah. Uh, we, we will wait. And we'll stick with that date at this stage because we love saying that phrase so very much. Okay, so because we have a guest and we've never had a guest before when we've been doing the Doom Patrol history guessing game, I am going to roll the eight-sided Doom die, and I'm going to split the questions between you both, so you can both ooh, get a ooh. shot at winning nothing other than pride and uh, bragging rights. <laughs> so uh, here we go. I'm rolling the die. Okay, there's, it's it's five, but I'm feeling generous, and I'm going to bump that up to eight, so that you'll both get four questions Ooh. each, and I'll I'll hand it over to our guests first. So Craig, you you get your question the first. Okay. For for this the, the comic that came out this week in Doom Patrol history. What is your first guess? Does it involve the Brotherhood of Evil? No, it does not. Okay, Paul, mm. your first question. Yeah, that was that was rookie stuff, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, what's your favourite colour? <laughs> black, Paul. Black. Oh, okay. I right. don't know how Next that quite relates Craig. to this, but uh, anyway, Craig, your <laughs> second question. Is it from the Grant Morrison run? It is not. From the Grant Morrison. Okay, Paul, your second question. Um, what do you really think of me? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you're trying to like throw the game. An unfair, unfair advantage here. <laughs> Paul, I think you're a lovely bloke and you're one of my bestest and dearest friends. And sometimes you're a little bit silly, case in point. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I'll say for your second question. Craig, okay. your your third question. <laughs> uh, was it written before 1989? No, it was written after 1989. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right, Paul, your third question. 
Okay. Um, is it uh, written by Gerard Way? It is not written by Gerard Way. I should have gone with a different question, I think. I, I think <laughs> your first two uh, should have been different questions. Yes, yes. All right, oh, Craig. okay. Yeah, yeah, it was about the comic. Anyway, uh, Craig, your fourth question. Is it from the Doom Patrol reboot by John Byron? It is not from Paul's favourite volume, Volume 4. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, massive respect for you, Craig, for buying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, you What can I say? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah but that's, that's my excuse too, yeah. Uh, <laughs> except I've got it in singles, so I don't know what that says about me. Uh, <laughs> Paul, your fourth question. Okay, is it uh, Doom Patrol Volume 5, number 11? You are so incredibly close. I don't know where you pulled that from, but (laughs) no. It is Doom Patrol Volume 5, issue number 12. Went on sale this week. (laughs) Went on sale this week uh, on, on July 8th, to be exact, in 2010. For a mere two dollars ninety nine, uh, and yes, this issue was brought to us by Keith Giffen, Matthew Clark, Ron Randall, John Livesay, Patrick Brousseau, Guy Major, and Elizabeth V. Gerling. The issue was titled "False Front." and had the team finally learning who was controlling Thayer Jost before taking on the frontmen in a very public battle that was used as leverage to further the goals of the MSE, namely stricter regulations on metahumans. And uh, yeah, we only covered this one a few months ago, back in episode 156 from January of 2020, and you can find that in the Doom dossier for volume 5 over at waitingfordoom.com. And that's it for the Doom Clock this week. Paul, that was ridiculously close. What the hell? <laughs> Good grief. Uh, oh, well, Craig did all the work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I, said, I had an unfair advantage there. I got all the, the, the good questions in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least we all know now that my favourite colour is black. And... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> You are receiving a transmission from the Rod Pod. Upload pending. Stand by for soundtrack transfer. I am Maggie. And I am John. And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head. The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. So we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by. Upload complete now. Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libsyn.com, at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found. So, uh, till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. <laughs>
it's time for Doom Splaining, where we take a deeper dive into a couple of Doom Patrol-related issues. But this week, it's a little bit different, surprise, surprise, in that we are covering a crossover with the Secret Six. So first off, we are going to take a look at some Secret Six issues, thanks to Paul kicking us off. Thanks, Mike. We are looking at uh, Secret Six number four, which is, I think it's volume two of the Secret Six. So they've just had a miniseries called Six Degrees of Devastation, and this is the uh, first miniseries after that. So they formed as part of the Infinite Crisis, and they were the villains who wouldn't go along with joining the Secret Society. So they don't play well with others, and that's the, the theme. So I'll just go through the roster of the Secret Six at this stage, because it changes from time to time. So at the moment, they are led by Scandal Savage, who is a Vandal Savage. Savage's daughter, who he wants to uh, father an empire for him, um, and uh, the only trouble with that is uh, she does not want to. Uh, she she likes the ladies, so putting it that way. Um, <laughs> there's Ragdoll, who is the son of the JSA villain, the Ragdoll, and in order to impress his dad, he had uh, extensive operations on his body to uh, make him. Uh, beyond triple jointed and you know ridiculously jointed with uh, swivels and stuff like that, and um, he has uh, scarred his body all over, and he is quite mentally deranged. Uh, we also have Deadshot, who is a uh, a bitter human, um, been with the Suicide Squad for years, and just doesn't play well with people at all. Uh, there's Knockout, the Superboy villain. She is a female Fury from Apocalypse, uh, now living on Earth, and she is the girlfriend of Scar. Or Savage oh. at this stage. And uh, we also had the Mad Hatter, who has joined the team after their previous uh, person in the team left. And the Mad Hatter, um, I think this was one of the best portrayals of the Mad Hatter. Anyway, um, and there's Catman, who is a Green Arrow villain, or a Batman villain, depending on where you come into it. Um, and he used to be a bit of a joke, but he has had a makeover, and now he is tough and mean and um, a very good tracker and a very good fighter and uh, not to be taken lightly. And at this stage in this issue, which is uh, Secret Six issue four, and it was from October 2006, um, and... This is after Infinite Crisis, of course. Um, so we're in between Doom Patrols. So the Doom Patrol that appears in this is, um, it's post-Jeff John saying this is what the new Doom Patrol could be, and it's before um, Keith Giffen took over the Doom Patrol and said this is what it is. So uh, we've, we've got a Doom Patrol roster that's quite interesting. Anyway, uh, it uh, came out on September 27, 2006, according to Mark's Amazing World of Comics. It was written by Gail Simone, who always wrote Secret Six, um, it's penciled by Brad Walker, with inks by Jimmy Palmiotti, lettered by Travis Lanham, coloured by Paul Mounts, edited by Tom Palmer Jr., and it has an awesome cover by Carl Kirschel showing the Doom Patrol smashing through a picture of uh, the Secret Six number one cover um, and looking very aggressive and menacing. It's very... I love the cover. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, so a bit of context. I'm not going to go into what's happening in the issue that doesn't really relate to the Doom Patrol, but the the context is the Doom Patrol uh, have shown up and the Secret Six have just had their asses kicked. They've been persecuted by Dr. Psycho, Cheshire, um, and it's all been done at the behest of Vandal Savage, who wants to uh, chastise Scandal into coming back to him uh, with her tail between her legs. Um, so the Doom Patrol at this point is a Robot Man, a Negative Man, a Rita Farr, Vox, which is Mal Reynolds from the Teen Titans, uh, formerly Herald, mm. um, and Bumblebee, his wife, and we also have Mento, yay, Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the Doom Patrol. Mm, yes, yay. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, the Doom Patrol have been sicked on the uh, Secret Six by, you know, they've been tricked to fight them by a scam, uh, Vandal Savage at this point. So Catman points out that they don't have to fight. Uh, he points out that they aren't the black and white teams of heroes or villains. They're not like the JLA and the Secret Six aren't like the Joker or Darkseid. And Vox says they are all wanted criminals. Uh, but Catman says we've got two injured here because of uh, recent clashes they've had uh, with uh, Dr. Psycho taking control of uh, Ragdoll. And Vox agrees that medical care comes first and then jail. And while they're happy with that plan, Catman bashes a Vox in the head with a big plank of wood. <laughs> so, hmm. Mm. Anyway, so Rita embiggens and she grabs Catman. Uh, Ragdoll suddenly slashes her Achilles heel, uh, which is really easy to slash because it's so large. Um, she, uh, Mento, he loses the plot at this point. He's uh, not. He's just talking about writing operas, so he's having one of his uh, mental fugue states rather than being useful to the team. Mm. Which is uh, lucky for the Secret Six, because I think he would destroy them all. Um, and then Gar is, turns into a lion to fight Catman, knock out twists Cliff heads backwards, and then Mad Hatter regains consciousness after the helicopter landing and uses his hat powers, so he can control minds and stuff, to afflict the Doom Patrol. So suddenly uh, Rita loses all uh, her sense of humanity. Uh, Larry starts tearing his bandages off in pain. Um, Bumblebee starts acting like a real bee, buzzing around and then buzzes off. <laughs> and Rita, the first thing she does is, in her giant state, she picks up Cliff and bites his head off. Um, and then she grabs Gar and go, is about to bite him in half. And Scandal orders the Hatter to stop because she um, she wants to defeat the Doom Patrol. She doesn't necessarily want to kill them because that could lead to uh, long-term consequences. The Mad Hatter is not so keen to stop, so she knocks his control hat off his head, uh, which is really upsetting to him and will come back to bite her in subsequent issues. And that saves Beast Boy. Uh, the teams agree to end hostilities because they're, you know, the Doom Patrol aren't really in a state to fight anymore, uh, but Knockout has the last laugh by lobbing Cliff's head into the distance as a final act of defiance. <laughs> so, what did you think of this one, Craig? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I've been reading the Secret Six series uh, and the Villains United series before that, so I was pretty familiar with all the uh, Secret Six characters. But the Doom Patrol was, I think, in between reboots at this point. Yeah. Mm. So the team makeup was a, a bit different. I remember seeing them previously in an issue of Brave and the Bull by, I think, Mark Way, where they teamed up with The Flash. So you do have, like, Mal Duncan and uh, Bumblebee in there and Beast Boys on the team. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of that got, I don't know if it erased, but it, it's never really been mentioned since then. Uh, and Cliff does, does mention that it's a, uh, a kind of a new team. So I'm not really sure exactly where they are in their history at this point, if they're, if they're just starting out or if they've been around for a little while. But uh, they do get their butts handed to them by the Secret Six pretty easily at, at some point there. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Uh, I I kind of have only sort of been in and out of Secret Six stuff, uh, and I've missed this one altogether. And as, you know, when it, someone is a, com a completist with certain things and they find out that their favourite superhero team is in a story with a different team, they go and track that issue down, which is how I came <laughs> to get this story. So, um, But yeah, it, it was a fun little, you know, clash between the two teams. And um, it, yeah, it, it didn't make me want to rush out and buy anything more of the Secret Six at this point in time. But yeah, it was still a cool little fight scene, basically. It was, it was an intriguing to see... Another team, kind of on that C-list tier, I guess. Um, 
and and see what they get up to and that. But yeah, it was a cool little fight scene, really. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Well, this is basically round one because there is another round to come. So we also are looking at Secret Six number 30, which is uh, the series after the previous one where it became an ongoing and the team's gone through a few changes now, so Mad had uh, uh, left the team in a huff because he got his hat knocked off and tried to kill them at the start of this volume. Um, yeah, but this one came out, it's cover dated April 2011, actually came out February the 2nd, 2011. Uh, it's two ninety nine. It was written again by Gail Simone, but the art this time is by Jim Calafiore. Um, it's lettered by Travis Lanham, coloured by Jason Wright and John Calis. And uh, awesome cover by Daniel Lubiel, which shows uh, Catman and Deadshot doing Catman and Deadshot type things. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's called Like a Star on the Horizon. So, yeah, and this one, so uh, it opens, it doesn't open with the two teams. So it opens on a young slacker named Eric, who's lounging at home playing video games. And his mother is fed up and his stepdad tells him he can't keep living here unless he gets a job. Whatever. Uh, he gets an envelope left to him by his grandfather, who's just died, so it's part of the will, and it contains a DVD that he plays. And on the video is a very decrepit old man with um, medical equipment all over him, and he, and he says that he has succumbed to cancer, and he has nothing to leave him except his story and some wisdom. Oh, plus a particle cannon, four mistresses, and three billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A week later, the step get Kevin comes home, and Eric asks him what he knew about his grandfather. Uh, Kevin says he was a bum, a travelling salesman, a no-hoper. Eric corrects him. Granddad was a crime lord, a legend, a founder of the criminal organisation, The Hundred. And Eric is going to bring back the glory days of coolness of crime. And he incinerates Kevin's top half with a laser, and then gets on with it. A short time later, he drops in on his friends playing D&D. He has an entourage of four sexy ladies. He gives his friends the pitch. No more Tupac. It's the Rat Pack. No more D&D. We're all about B&E. They are forming an old school 1960s style criminal empire. And first, they need a secret island base inside a volcano. He holds up a map of an island. Which island could it be, I wonder? <laughs> cut to... Cut to Oolong Island. <laughs> Uh, Cliff is fishing in one of the estuaries to catch some bio-critter bred by the chief that has escaped and has started eating the odd tourist. His solitude is disturbed by Bumblebee, then Ambushbug dressed as a pirate, and then along with Larry and Rita. And suddenly, a monster leaps out of the water and chomps on Bumblebee. Larry releases his negative energy to shock the creature, allowing Rita to grab it when she turns giant, and she forces its jaws open wide, and Karen, Bumblebee, flies free. Suddenly, there is a huge chomp noise, and Rita sees that one of her legs is completely missing below the knee. And Killer Shark appears and reads a prepared statement. They, the Secret Six, are here to annex the island through force. And at this stage, the Secret Six is made up of a scandal, a ragdoll, Catman, Deadshot, uh, a lady called Janet, who, Jeanette, who is a, um, a banshee, like Silver Banshee. Mm. Um, banshee, yeah. Yep, and Bane, the Batman villain who broke Bane's, uh, Batman's back. And there's Black Alice, who is a goth teenager who um, can basically take the powers of any magical person. Um, yes, and that's seven people. Try not to notice. Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I didn't, I never did till you just mentioned that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Killer Shark, of course. Yep. Well, that's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's even worse. 
Anyway, so one-legged Rita is taking on Killer Shark until an embiggered Black Alice socks her in the jaw. Uh, Cliff powers up his hidden shoulder guns and starts blasting Jeanette out of the fight, and King Shark chomps down on uh, Cliff's head, and then Ragdoll wraps himself around Larry. Uh, he seems unperturbed by that. Uh, meanwhile, Eric and his posse aboard his stealth plane are hovering over the, the island's dormant volcano. His ladies, showing a disturbing degree of blind loyalty, are laden with explosive charges and they all parachute into the volcano and their bombs go off. Um, the two teams pause their fighting as they look across the island to the volcano erupting above them all. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this one. I like the... Uh, the this kid, he goes from being a slack kid just playing video games and suddenly he's wanting to wear, you know, sort of uh, tuxes like at the end of a party and uh, hanging out with hot girls. And, uh, yeah, he's all about 60s cool, which is very weird suddenly. Um, and he's, <laughs> he drags his friends into it who don't always think it's a good idea, but, uh, you know, they're along for the ride. Mm. And, um, of course, he's brought the Secret Six in to basically be his uh, muscle on the island while he does his evil things. So he's got a plane that no one can see and he's got um weapons and uh lots and lots and lots of money which is why the secret six are there though they're not always wise in the contracts they take are they <laughs> no <laughs> yeah and um yeah doom patrol part two so i mean that this is the second round and you know again the doom patrol aren't doing that well um you know rita loses a leg right away what did what did you think craig uh i think it was a sneak attack by the secret six so they got kind of lucky at the beginning there but it was a fun issue, and, and a lot of, of Gil Simone's writing is kind of really dark humor. So you do see a lot of that in the issue itself, which mm. is why you get a lot of uh, King Shark going around biting people, especially when he bites uh, Robot Man and almost takes <laughs> his head off again. That was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. It gets called a fish, and he said, I'm not a fish, I'm a shark. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ongoing joke with him. What did you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's a good fun romp again, having the two teams face off against each other, uh, and yeah, there is a lot of you know kind of dark humor in it. As, yeah, uh, Craig, as you said, like when King Shark bites down on, on Robot Man and he's like <laughs> trying to talk with his mouth full, and he's like, you know, when he's running up to Cliff, he's like, you know, I've, I've got him, I've got this one, and then he bites down, and he's like, I prop him, I prop him, I prop him, and I just you know, <laughs> crack it up. But that um, one weird thing. I did notice, uh, and it is going to affect my notes when I read my synopsis of the next part, but when King Shark does the intro, he says, um, he, when he's reading the prepared statement, he, he says, we are the elite strike force of the super criminal organization Crush, the companions recently united to spread hate. And then when you look at Eric's, uh, you know, uh, fancy chopper plane thing, um, the logo on the side of it says Smash instead. So I've been calling oh. it the Smash Copter. In my notes, but it should be the crush copter. Uh, yeah, I but, think in the next issue they, they mention it as, as Smash again for the, the name of the, I guess, organization, if you yeah. want to call it that. So, yeah. Maybe yeah. there was some mix up in the editorial there where they just got mixed up between uh, Gil Simone and uh, Keith Giffen as to what the name would yeah, be. Maybe. But I think my favorite scene uh, at the end of this is where the two teams are caught off guard by the. Uh, suddenly active volcano again, and they're all, like, kind of going, oh, and, like, Karen says, oh, we are most definitely dead. <laughs> An ambush bug, dressed as a pirate, has uh, <laughs> hopped onto the shoulders of Jeanette, getting a piggyback ride from her and blinding her with his hands, and he's he's yelling at, donkey rides, hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's so yes. absurd. It's it's like, you know, oh, these two teams are going to face off and Ambush Bug is just causing even more havoc. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was it was really good fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's another good line at the start where... Um... Where Rita first in begins and uh, Ragdoll is looking up at her skirt and said, "Ah, oh, <laughs> Parademon would so enjoy this view." <laughs> Parademon was uh, Ragdoll's, um, I guess, boyfriend in in the Six Degrees of Separation mm-hmm. uh, Devastation, who uh, was the first uh, Secret Six member to die. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes, I'll, I'll continue on uh, with uh, part two of this story called Suicide Roulette. Uh, part two having the, the subtitle of Ring-a-Ding Doom, which kind of ties into the whole 60s um, aesthetic, I guess. Uh, so yes, this came out uh, on February 16th of 2011 with a cover date of April of that year for two ninety nine, uh, written by Keith Giffen, penciled by Matthew Clark and Ron Randall, inked by Art Thibert uh, and Sean Parsons, lettered by Pat Brazot, colours by Guy Major, and has a cover by Matthew Clark and Guy Major, and it's uh, got Ragdoll kind of taking a peek under the bandages of poor old Larry Trainer, uh, with the negative being kind of lurking up behind him. It's a bit creepy, <laughs> but it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So yes, uh, the action picks up immediately after the last issue, with both the Doom Patrol and the Secret Six pausing the fight for a second to watch Oolong Island's volcano suddenly erupting. Robot Man declares that this changes everything, but Bane disagrees, replying that this changes nothing, and he knocks Cliff backwards into Larry, and the fight is suddenly back on. Rita knocks Black Alice down to the ground, Bumblebee dives feet first into Bane's eyes, Ambush Bug traps Jeanette now in Danny the Bungalow, uh, and Negative <laughs> Man and Negative Man is saved from Ragdoll's clutches by, of all things, a swooping pelican attacking the pliable pervert. Just to keep things bizarre, the Oolong Science Squad suddenly arrive and begin opening fire on the Secret Six. Meanwhile, in Oolong Central Command, Security Chief Blanca is activating emergency plans in light of the oncoming lava flow, with an estimated 20 minutes left to evacuate the populace to safety. She gets informed that President Veronica Kale is also on a priority comms channel waiting for her, and Blanca sighs. Just what I need. Another eruption. Back at the fight, the tide is turning against the Secret Six as Rita grabs and throws Bane away into the distance, and Scandal Savage and Catman, taking cover from the Science Squad attack, agree that they aren't being paid just enough for this job. Catman wonders what happened to Deadshot, and we see that he's actually fighting off both one of the mutant fish monsters we saw in the previous issue, as well as the beach defensive turrets uh, from Oolong Security, before he's joined by the recently airborne Bane. As they both run for their lives, Bane yells, This isn't an island, it's a madhouse! (laughs) Poor Bane. (laughs) Aboard the Smashcopter, uh, Eric Fine is... uh, Yeah, I had to do research on Eric's name. Apparently his name is Eric Fine. I don't know if we ever see him again in in the DCU, but uh, according to a a DC wiki I found, it's Eric Fine. There you go. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, So yes, aboard his Smashcopter, Eric Fine is gloating to his crew about how well his plan is going. While in Oolong Command, Kale and Blanca come up with a plan to put an end to the craziness. Blanca radios Cliff, who passes a message on to Rita that she needs to divert the lava flow. As she runs off to do this, Cal makes contact with Eric aboard his copter, giving him five minutes to clear Oolong airspace. 
As he begins to argue with Cal, a tactical scan confirms his crew is being targeted by seven ground-to-air missiles. Cal tells him four minutes remain. Ooh. As an embiggened Rita with extra embiggened hands frantically claws a huge ravine to divert the lava flow, the Secret Six realise that their ride, the Smashcopter, is suddenly flying away. <laughs> Realising that they're now stranded, Catman yells out, Whoa, time out, this changes everything. Robot Man yells, the hell it does, and he punches him backwards with a mighty thock. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, the Secret Six are rounded up by Oolong security and are led onto a plane to get them deported. The two teams say their snarky farewells to each other, with Rita having to scold Ragdoll to give back a bound and gagged Bumblebee from his pockets. Ew. Elsewhere, Veronica Kale and Ira Quimby are in a helicopter surveying the damage from the lava, thankful that Rita at least diverted the flow to a tsunami-devastated area, which actually happened back in Issue 5 when the Black Lanterns attacked, and we covered that in Episode 144 as part of the 2019 May event. Anyway, uh, Quimby and Kale continue to argue the merit of having resident heroes, given that they're supposed to prevent things like all of this. Mm. Uh, the next day, the pilot of that same chopper flight, Dusty Marlowe, who we've not really seen in this series uh, since it started, uh, she comes to Rita and Karen's bungalow with some worrying news. Kale is furious with the team for the damage they've caused to Oolong, and has been in contact with Thea Jost to possibly have the patrol deported by the frontmen. As the two women track down Larry and Cliff to discuss this, they are confronted by animal, vegetable, mineral man, china doll, and botfly, the frontmen themselves. Sven Larsen tells them to get to the airport because there's a new super team on site, and the patrol are indeed being deported. Sven begs them to resist. Ooh. What do you think of this one, Craig? <laughs> I think it ended a lot better for the Doom Patrol than the first encounter with the Secret Six. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. is nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part of it was uh, when they were getting back on the, the Smash helicopter and Jeanette's kind of freaking out because the sofa tried to eat her and died down in the bungalow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, like I said, it's a fun issue, and, and there's a, a few moments there where you get to see the, the each member of the team kind of shine a bit in the spotlight. But what I really want to see is the pelican. Uh, the, <laughs> Like, I think he should be an honorary member of the Doom Patrol. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure at the end of the issue, uh, yeah, when they're rebuilding their, their favourite pier, Larry pretty much says something like that, doesn't he? Um, He's in non-aggression talks with the Pelican. I think yeah, he that's it. <laughs> you know, she did, she, and, and Cliff's like, she? And he's like, yeah, I was surprised too. Anyway, yeah, it was crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. What about oh, you, Paul? Dear. What do you think of it? Um, I'll talk a bit about the Secret Six because the Secret Six. Um, I read the entire run as in preparation for this episode again. Um, I've read it a long time ago, but I'd forgotten most of it. Um, and yeah, they're a very dysfunctional team. Uh, most of the time, at any point, one of them has betrayed them and tried to kill them, and uh, they're always sort of getting over it for each other. So mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's mind control, sometimes it's just. Um, trying to double-cross each other and then changing their minds. Sometimes it's a, trying to appear to double-cross each other um, and or, you know, like taking other people out of the fight so you can sacrifice yourself and then you never quite do it. Uh, so there's a lot of that going on with the team. And at this stage, um, Bane was the leader of the team because he uh, was so protective of Scandal Savage that he didn't want her running the team and risking her, herself. And, uh, yeah... <laughs> 
they have affairs with each other in various ways, and, um, and that leads to leads to attempted murder in the team as well. So, right. yeah, oh, good. <laughs> yes, when the bisexual betrays the lesbian with uh, uh, a dead shot. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a really crazy team, and I I, I really love the attitude of the book, and um, you know, it it really. Uh, I think it went on a bit too long, but uh, on the whole, it was really enjoyable ride for the team. And yeah, they're they're, they're unpredictable and they're not stable, um, and that kind of is why they hang out together. Yeah, and Knockout, who appeared in the earlier volume, she's dead at this point because she was one of the uh, new gods who died in the death of the new gods. Oh, um, yeah, okay. but she got better, so it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I recommend it. It's um, it's a good fun read, and I think it's getting recollected now in fewer volumes, but bigger collections. So okay, if you want to track the, it down, the the uh, Villains United and Secret Six Six Degrees of Devastation and the first ongoing Secret Six series are all collected in four volumes at this point. Wow, yeah. And then the cool. the second ongoing Secret Six series, which was fourteen issues, um, that was reprinted in two different trades. Because um, I have them all. That's actually how I read the, these issues. Actually, when I was preparing for the uh, the podcast, I read them in my Secret Six trades. Mm. And there's a Birds of Prey arc where they're involved with that, and um, Harley Quinn's a member of the Secret Six at that point. And that was really yes. before Harley Quinn was a member of everything. So it was like the first time <laughs> she had sort of branched out from the Bat universe at that point. So okay, hmm. yeah, cool. But, but they're good fun. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So some good issues of Doom Patrol and Secret yeah. Six there. Yeah, so some good crossover for Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you think we've all doomslained it? I think we have. Cool. Let's move on. And now it's the part of the show where we look at the mailbag of Doom and we're answering the question uh, which we asked last episode of what comic book character would you like to be isolated with? And we heard from Jeffrey Brown who said... I would rather be staying with Danny the Street right now. That would be fun. That would be relaxating and funning. Yes. <laughs> that would be a cool place to uh, isolate, yes. Uh, we then heard from Jay Powers at Bear 24 and Jay said, Zatanna. First, damn she's sexy in those fishnets. Second, added bonus, <laughs> she can use magic to get me any comic I want at any time. Finally, she could get me into the Oblivion Bar where I think there would be no quarantine. Okay, <laughs> good options, yes. Hmm. And we heard from Sean Ross at Secret Wars and Beyond, and he said, Bouncing Boy, so I can work my core. That's a weird answer, Sean. That is a bit weird, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we then heard from Let's Talk Doom Patrol, and uh, they chimed in with, I feel like Robot Man knows not to stave off massive boredom slash existential dread like a professional. Or Crazy Jane, every day would be guaranteed to be different. Yeah, that's... Quarantining on the edge, I think. Yes, yes. Hmm. Uh, we heard from Clinton, Coffee and Comics, and he said, Ma Hunkle, at least I know I'll get some good meals out of it. Yeah, she used to cook for the JSA. And oh, okay. yeah, she was also the first Red Tornado, who was the one with the saucepan on her head. Yes, yes. Because, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, oh, look, we heard from Sean Ross again. And Sean said, I would want to be quarantined with Booster God because we can travel in time to get comics, movies and video games from the future. Nice. Wow. People are assuming that everyone's going to cooperate with them, aren't they? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we heard from Martin Gray, and he said, any member of the Legion, so we could join 
uh, Booster Gold on his adventures with Sean and then emerge from our time bubble post-lockdown, wherever that would be. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Just a Trek 2020, a.k.a. Ted Kilbington, chimed in with Triplicate Girl. Think about it. Right. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, mm. what he means is you would have four players for board games. That's cool. Oh, yes, of course. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Martin Gray suggested you could have a five-son with Bouncing Boy. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, five players for a board game might be stretching it, depending on the board game. But, um, yeah, you know, you never know. I don't know what else I'd be talking about. Uh, we heard from the Hammer Strikes, Ranger Gordon. He said, Barbara Gordon. Not only would her conversations be great, but with her computer schools, we could watch, play, whatever we wanted. Mm. Nice. Yep. Uh, some guy called Canadian Geek at Craig R. McD. <laughs> you, uh, any relation, Craig? Um, he chimed in with uh, Batman because he's rich and we could quarantine ourselves in his mansion. We just have to make sure. <laughs> just have to make sure we don't cook any of the bats in the cave in a soup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we heard from Tim Price, and he said, "Blue Beetle Ted Cord," because he's a funny nerd. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, FKA Jason chimed in with uh, Martha. Why did you say that name, Kent? She'd be handy around the house, and I hear she makes a mean rhubarb pie. Okay. <laughs> Right. Um, Dr. Ange said She-Hulk. She'd be a lot of fun. She is a lot of woman. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we then heard from Alan Middleton, and uh, surprise, Alan said Dr. Doom, because from isolation, he would quickly dominate and rule the Earth. Hashtag Hal Doom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill Bear from uh, Gotham, uh, Gotham Night 13, he said... Catwoman, and showed a picture of Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Carl Bakey at Sea Bakeware uh, chimed in with, Beast Boy would provide plenty of entertainment during these lazy times. Maybe he means crazy times? I'm not sure. Uh, and would change into something cuddly when I need a little tender love and care. And gave us a, a picture of Beast Boy from the, the Teen Titans cartoon looking like a, a sloth on a lounge. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we heard from Gene Hendricks from the Warlock Thanos podcast, and he said, Lila Cheney from the X-Men, let's teleport to other powers and uh, other planets until this is over. I don't know that character. Yeah, she, she was uh, a pop star that could teleport. So <laughs> imagine, imagine Dazzler, but instead of a light show, she could teleport. So, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Sean Woods chimed in with uh, Will Magnus would be interesting, I think uh, I think yeah. the Metal Men would be more interesting than Will But that's just me so. If you get the Metal Men with Will Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I mean yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Chris Lydon said Crypto, he wants a super dog around the house oh, who, who wouldn't want a super dog? Crypto's the best uh, Credible Hulk uh, chimed in with multiple man. This way, if we are playing board games that need more than two players, bam, extra players. Going to play me some Settlers of Catan and Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, more board games. I mean, what else would you do in isolation with multiple people around? You know, <laughs> It's a very Mike answer there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard from Van Allen Plexico, and he said, how to choose among any of the dozen or so female legionnaires. Ooh. 
Um, oh. Yeah, that, that's up to you. <laughs> he's, he's got a type. Uh, <laughs> or, Auburn Elvis uh, replied with, certainly not Wolverine. That jerk's immune to everything, so he'd have no reservations about going out and doing stuff, then bringing the infection back inside with him. That's a good answer. <laughs> Plus he swaps the guy, so he have to worry about the smell. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Over on Facebook, we heard from David Ennis, who said, uh, Jane's an obvious choice. You're isolating with 64 personalities. Uh, or Ted Bruder. Well, you could see, that, what, 10 seconds into the future. Yeah, but still, Ted Bruder. Come on. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we then heard from Jared Driscoll, and Jared said, Scrooge McDuck, he can regale me with his many adventures. That would be cool. And Peter Watson said, Abracadabra, he would be quite entertaining as long as I remembered to applaud him from time to time. I would be perfectly safe. I'm not so sure if you'd be perfectly safe. He's a little bit insane and uh, <laughs> homicidal. But anyway, right. Right. you do you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we then heard from James Young, who said Miracle Woman of Miracle Man fame. Now, I'm not familiar with Miracle Woman and, and what her deal is. Um, she's, uh, I think, Shazam family like that, but okay. hotter. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, what about you, Mike? What's your answer? Um, I was going to go with Nightcrawler from the X-Men because, you know, you'd have some really interesting conversations. He could teach you fencing because uh, he's always into a bit of swordplay and he could bamf outside to get stuff very quickly. I'm sure it would be so quick that he'd be able to go somewhere safe, pick up some supplies, bamf back into the uh, your home. And, mm. yeah, that, that okay. would be cool. Yeah. And, Craig, do you have a, another answer apart from Batman, or are you sticking with your Batman? I'll stick with Batman, because he's got all the cool toys in his basement. So <laughs> you, if you ever get bored, you can, you can just uh, pop into the Batmobile or the Batwing and just uh, go for a, a fun little ride. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Paul? I'm going to go with Snoopy, because... Uh, yeah, he's he's a dog. It's quite pleasant to have a dog around. Um, and we've got two dogs here already, and hopefully he would get on with them. Um, and I'm not sure if he, when I talked to him, he would hear wah, 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 or um, normal talking, but I'd, I'd be curious to know. Right. <laughs> I did not expect Snoopy at all. But there you go. Wow. Um, we also got a couple of responses uh, in the mailbag to episode 159, the first being from Tim Price. Uh, and episode 159 was those Boswick Shaw throw a hell of a party, uh, which is where the patrol met up with the, uh, the evil, crazy family that tortured people. And Tim said, woof, these are a couple of gruesome issues. Excellent stories by the creative team, as always, and are likewise one of the more satisfying comeuppance for the Boswicks. Alas, the point gets flushed soon enough. Sad emoji. Maybe you guys mentioned it, but a cool part of number seven, issue 17's cover is the shadows behind the patrol, with the noose clearly hanging somebody. Is that a camera angle trick of the noose behind Cliff, making it look like that noose is hanging him? Or is it a different noose strangling its victim somewhere in the front of the team? I think it's a ladder, and is an amazing subtle touch, almost drowned out by the eye-catching blood splat- splatters. Wild stuff. It took listening to your show and hearing a mansion that travels around the world somehow for me to think, wait, Danny the Street, are these things related? Now I totally want to throw down between Danny and Mance Boswick. Rumble till they crumble. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Mm-hmm. 
And we also got a, a message from Craig McDee or Craig McDonald oh. or, or, or Craig who's here right now, if you <laughs> think of him that way, on the same uh, issue. And he said, I haven't read the story in a while, but I remember thinking it was incredibly dark, especially for the G- Keith Giffen era of Doom Patrol. I really dug it, though. Since the Giffen series was my fa- first time reading Doom Patrol on the regular, I'd only read an issue or two of Copperberg's run previous to this, this was also my first time encountering General Immortus. It was very cool to see Immortus in the DC Nation Doom Patrol shorts sometime later. Oh, the cartoons that we yeah. featured in uh, Waiting for Doom episode two? Yeah, or yeah. Two. Like, yeah, two, way yeah. back. Way back when. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't do your voice thing, Craig. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> cool. Thank you, everyone, for your answers and, and uh, for your emails. So, yeah. Hmm. So, I guess uh, we're going to talk about what's coming up next. So, I think the next uh, DCOCD will be Multiversity, finally. Um, and we're going to talk about the new uh, Weight of the Worlds issue, the final Weight of the Worlds issue uh, that finally come out uh, is coming out at this stage. And then we'll be coming back with uh, more Volume Five. Not much left of it, though, is there, Mike? No, no. We're we're getting towards the 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 end of, of Volume Five very quickly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And we also have a new question of the week, uh, which is: Which comic character do you wish was more well known, like uh, Batman or Superman levels of well known? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So, and I wasn't suggesting Batman and Superman weren't well known. Right, okay. Sorry. I, I peaked too soon. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, Mike, you want to sign off? Because you're better at it than me, Grumbum. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to thank Craig for joining us for this episode. Craig, where can people find you online if they want to chat about stuff? I'm on Twitter at Craig R. MacD, and I'm pretty much there... All the time, because I'm still waiting to hear for a call to go back to work. So uh, if you need to chat me up, go right ahead. Cool. It'll relieve some of the boredom. <laughs> thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me, guys. And Paul, thank, thank you again for another fun episode. Um, guys, if you want to get in touch, you can reach out via Twitter at WFDPod. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. You can check out the Waiting for Doom Facebook page and our awesome site, waitingfordoom.com. So that's it for this episode. Uh, as always, stay weird, be good to each other, and don't be a crumb bum. And we will catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Thank you. <laughs>